So over the last few months of podcasts, we have spoken about things being different moving forward in relational student ministry, and maybe we've even talked about it too much. But today, <laughs> we finally have some ideas for you. So in today's episode, we have seven ideas for summer social distancing ministry. Get up, get up. Welcome to the Ministry Leader Podcast, where every week we explore ministry practices to help leaders leverage their limited time for greater impact with young people. We're your hosts. My name's Brian, here with Chase. Here we go. So Brian, when this pandemic first hit, uh, you kind of changed your intro when we were talking about documenting the changes. Yeah, and I feel like that's all we've done up to this point is documenting the changes and and told you about how things are different. Yep, and then get you thinking about the future. Yes. Like, so how do we get to the future? Yeah, I don't know. Like everything's changed. We know that. Stop talking. I love that you mentioned in the intro, like <laughs> that's all we've done and maybe yes. we've talked too much and maybe that's true. Maybe so, so we're sorry, Yeah, <laughs> but we're excited today because we actually have some real stuff for you. Yeah. So uh, today we have seven ideas for safe social distancing ministry that you can engage in with students this summer. And we want to say right up front, maybe it's a disclaimer, maybe that's not the right word for it, but most of these ideas are outdoor ideas. Uh, so we're trying to figure out ways that we can engage with students in open spaces where there's plenty of room to social distance. So the, we're not saying this is an exhaustive, comprehensive list of things to do this summer. These are just things maybe to kind of prime the pump to get you thinking about things that you can do. Yeah, yeah. So again, I think when you hear us say outdoors, I think last year around this time we did like seven outdoor ideas. I don't want you to feel like you have to be an outdoorsy type person. Like you don't yeah. have to wear hiking boots, chacos, or, or Patagonia hats in order to <laughs> in order to do ministry this summer. But again, it would uh, be helpful, maybe. Yes, sure. <laughs> But um, like we said, things outdoors provides the most opportunities to kind of spread out and be safe. So uh, yeah, today we've just got, we've kind of broken it down for you. We've got seven ideas, but we've also broke that down into kind of group sizes. And really probably our max group is going to be anywhere from 10 to 15. Again, depending on your state, depending on your local guidelines. Um, so just a few ideas again to kind of get you to start thinking. These were some of the ideas that we had. Yeah. And so as we break them down into groups, like you talked about, like you can scale any of these. So just because we've listed it as a group of like 10 to 15 people, you can do this. You could probably also do that with two or three people, but we're just trying to give you some options to think through the different group sizes, uh, depending on where your chapter lands on your plans moving forward or where your church lands. Uh, so let's start with groups of 10 to 15. One of the things that we talked about is uh, everybody loves to do bonfires on nice mm -hmm. summer evenings, right? And so maybe that's still something that is a safe thing to do. Yeah, sure. There's just something about staring at things burning. Yeah. That just honestly, it, I feel like it calms people down and just gives you great opportunities to have really good conversations. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, s'mores. Who doesn't love a s'more? Who doesn't love s'mores? So if you're doing s'mores, mm -hmm. uh, maybe even invite students to bring their own s'mores um, because, you know, reaching into the same bag of graham crackers yeah. and marshmallows uh -huh. is maybe not something you would want to encourage with, or maybe the CDC wouldn't encourage. So <laughs> uh, have everybody bring their own stuff and say, we're just going to sit around the fire and chat, bring whatever you want to eat. And we'll kind of hang out around the fire tonight. Sure. So one of my favorite things to do also in a larger group during the summer would be an outdoor movie night. Yeah. And so you've kind of 
projected on the side of your house, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We uh, we got a projector. Again, we had to wait for a nice day. Uh, just threw a movie up on the wall. And uh, it's a big screen. It's got a different feel. You have kids bring their own lawn chairs. They can kind of spread out. And even again, it's usually not a movie that's like spectacular. It's a movie everybody's already seen. But there's just something different about sitting outside, you know, watching a movie. It's kind of that mix between movie theater meets drive-in, but there's no cars. You're just kind of <laughs> yeah. outdoor in your backyard. Now, do you set up like the big speakers and everything. Like, oh yes, I have a DJ business, so I mean, we had like two thousand watts at my last one worth of sound pumping through the. Do neighborhood. you warn your neighbors? Uh, we did our next door neighbors. The rest of them could just figure it out, but, <laughs> or invite them out six but, uh, feet away from each other. Sure. Another idea we kind of had with this movie night is that maybe again you don't have the outdoor uh, availability to do that, but maybe you have a local gym that you could have some sort of movie night in. So maybe that's a local church or community center. Just a big open space where again you can have a decently large amount of students 10 15 20 but they can still be spread out they can be six feet apart and they can still engage in a fun different type of activity yeah so i'm even thinking maybe if you've got a large youth room even mm. uh, do this with smaller groups of kids right don't invite your whole youth group potentially if it's more than 15 people uh, you got to factor your leaders into these numbers as well but have everybody bring their own blanket to lay it out mm -hmm. and you stay within the bounds of your blanket your social distancing from everyone else and so that becomes maybe a safe way to do that. So groups of 10 to 15, we just want to offer up some sort of bonfire, campfire, and then movie nights would be our second idea there. Let's move on, Chase, to groups of five to 10. So smaller groupings. With smaller groups, I think you have the opportunity to be a little bit more organized and maybe adventurous. Yeah. Uh, so one, one idea we had was uh, either geocaching and or scavenger hunts. So if you don't know what geocaching is, actually, I should even ask you this question. Have you ever been geocaching before? Have I ever been geocaching? Yes. I have never been geocaching, but it sounds interesting once I learned what it is. Yeah. So uh, again, I've not even done it before either, but from what I understand, you get some coordinates on your phone, whether they're longitude, latitude, things like that. Yeah. And there is something hidden somewhere that somebody um, had, had pinpoint on this geocache. And so usually sometimes there's some type of little gift in there uh, that you can either take or you can leave your own if you're there. So again, and it's just something that's just fun. It's kind of got that um, treasure hunt type feel. Yeah. And then there's usually some sort of prize at the end. Whether you keep it or not, you get the satisfaction of, wow, we did something that was difficult. Yeah. Um, but tying that right into maybe that's a scavenger hunt. And again, this could be outdoors. It could be in the woods or even in, again, maybe it's at a church, a large church that's going to let you have the run of the building for a day where you have hidden items throughout the church. Again, students don't have to be right on top of each other, but yet they can kind of run around. They can look for different types of things. Yeah. One of my favorite scavenger hunts I ever did was at our local park. Uh, I went a day or two early and I took really, really close up photos of things at the park, the swings, maybe particular colors of flowers that were different than other places and uh, put them together in a packet. Like it was a hard copy packet of paper with all these really close up shots. And I divided students into groups and they had to run around the park and recreate those pictures. So they had to find where it was oh, wow. and then recreate it on their phone. And so the one that got the most photos right or whatever uh, got the point. So that was a ton of fun. So it was just a creative, different kind of scavenger hunt that we did, but it was, it was a ton of fun. So the next idea we had actually came from Liz Eirich. Shout out to Liz. Thank you for this. She said, what if you had a survival skills training event? 
Explain that to me. <laughs> yeah, so when she said it too, I'm like, wait, what? So <laughs> the idea was like you would literally go into the woods and like she would teach you like you would practice building a fire or maybe you would have like some sort of building a shelter. You guys would build a fort out in the woods, things like that. Again, okay. uh, and you could play it up, I think, too. You know, as the coronavirus vaccine comes out, you know, it's actually going to cause the zombie outbreak. And so <laughs> you'll have to learn how to survive. So and then when you're in the shelter, you'll have to build a fire again. Uh, be safe about this. Don't build a fire. <laughs> fire in the middle of dry woods, whatever that is, but <laughs> some type of, again, getting creative with what is, what are skill sets? What are something that you could teach students along this time? Yeah. Just in case the zombies arrive, let's move on to groups of <laughs> one to four. So much smaller groups. These are like your one-on-one -on -one appointments. These are maybe you get a couple of students together and you go do some of these things. So one of the things that we don't talk a lot about on this podcast, but I think it's super crucial and vital to youth ministry is community service projects. Um, just opportunities to get a group of students together to, to do something together that's going to serve your community or help someone in your congregation. Yeah. I know things like a lot of parks are currently closed because they don't want, you know, kids spreading germs and things like that. So maybe your community is having a park cleanup day, you know, yeah. where they're sanitizing all the equipment or, you know, picking up trash around the area, things like that, that again, you don't necessarily need a lot of kids, but you're able to have just a few kids that you can connect with on a much deeper level as you're, you're servicing your community. Yeah, I love that. So the second thing we have under groups of one to four would be focusing on some an interest that a particular group of students has. So we talked last week about um, the big events that are no longer part of our, our summer schedule. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that attract a variety of kids that are you know, excited about different things that can come to camp and experience everything. But this gives us an opportunity to really do some of the things that those particular smaller groups of kids are are excited about. So things like going for a walk or taking a hike through the woods, uh, mountain biking. I know we've got a good area of mountain biking uh, and a lot of high school students that love to do that. A couple ideas there. Yeah. So even like you said, if you've got a group of kids you're trying to connect with and you know they love art, maybe it's buying some canvases and again, uh, finding a, an area that you guys can just paint together yeah. or uh, tie dye t-shirts, bleaching t-shirts, things like that. So again, thinking of the specific groups, what are they into? And then what is a, a way that you can individually, um, you know, have an event with those students that's going to be beneficial for both of you. Yeah. And then finally, our seventh thing on our list here is this is something for everyone and anyone. This doesn't have to be done in a large group, small group. It should be done individually probably, but um, this was one of the best ideas I saw our staff came up with and I love it. It's They called it parking lot progressive meals. I don't know who shared that, uh, but here's what we're going to do. I just want to say this now. If you love these ideas or you want more ideas, send us a note on our Facebook page. Uh, Chase and I, you can send us emails. We'll list our emails in the description here too. And we will get you connected that these, these ideas aren't all our original ideas. These yeah. came from a team of people uh, and we will get you connected to, to those that have the, the ideas and the resources. And if you want some help thinking through some of these, but one of my favorites on that list was parking lot, progressive meals. 
Yeah, so the idea of that was, uh, you know, where there used to be, you could have a progressive meal where you'd start at one person's house and you would go in and they would serve an appetizer and then you go to the next house and they'd serve a soup or a salad and you would just kind of travel around. That's what a progressive meal is. However, uh, the idea of a parking lot progressive meal would be kind of the same thing, but rather than going to a house, you would maybe either have the meal set up in a parking lot where students could drive up to one certain station. They would have, again, the appetizer, then the salad and that sort of thing. And again, they're staying... Uh, safe within their own family group, whatever that is, and going from group to group to group. Or you could even still do it at houses, but instead now they've got the grill set up in the driveway or, um, you know, something like that where you're able to be safe, but yet still have something really fun. Yeah, this would be a great way, I think. And the reason I love this idea for all sorts of reasons, but the main reason I love this is you could get your entire ministry team involved in this from their own home yeah. and have your students if they're high school students that can drive themselves or middle school students or younger high school students that can ride with their families and visit every leader's house in one day and just you know pick up a hamburger at one person's house and you know an ice cream cone in another person's house but this is a great way for your leaders to be involved to have people come to where they are but to see a lot of people, a lot of kids from your ministry. This, that's, man, I love that one. So to wrap things up, as you think through some of these ideas and hopefully come up with your own, a few thoughts we want you to think about as well is to be really intentional with who you invite. Um, avoid probably open social media invites. So it used to be the thing where you were going to have an event and you would just blast it on social media. Yeah. So we probably got to think about that. That was brought to my attention by someone recently. Like, how do we get kids there and how do we ensure that only 10 of them are going to show up? Right. So, uh, yes, yeah, just thinking through who you invite and how you do it, uh, would be really a smart thing to think so, through. So yeah, again, we're not saying don't use social media. We're saying that, you know, if you're going to do a scavenger hunt, you tell them to sign up for a slot with their five friends or something like that. So again, use social media, but don't just be an open invitation because you could literally have hundreds of kids showing up at one time. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you do the same thing multiple days and have different leaders lead it. So maybe you just post that schedule on your social media pages uh, and make it clear who should come to which time slot. Yeah, another thing to think about is to uh, continue to provide opportunities for kids to engage online. So I had uh, a, an event planned coming up this summer, and I had a student actually texted me individually, and she said, hey, I don't think I'm going to be able to come. Again, a lot can change in a few months. Uh, this was an event planned for July. And she said, my mom is... Um, currently recovering from cancer and on chemo mm. and has a very weak immune system. And so we've been doing a lot of self-isolating. And I don't know if that I'll be able to do that. And again, this is two months away. So yeah. those are the types of students you don't want to feel left out. Those are the types of students you want to continue to lean into and find creative ways to engage them, even if they can't come to an event. Yeah, that's good. That's a good word, Chase. Um, and then finally, we just want to over-communicate over communicate the precautions that you are taking. There are parents, I think, who uh, are much more concerned than other parents about this. And sure. so we've got people on both sides of the fence, on both extremes of this 
uh, coronavirus situation and when we should be getting back to things. So just make sure you're taking necessary precautions and you're over communicating what those precautions are. So everyone who chooses to be a part of it and parents who choose to allow their students to, to attend feel that they're in good hands. We're about building trust here, right? Um, and so we want to continue to build trust even through this time of social distancing, summer ministry that can be really tricky and difficult. So there you have it, our seven ideas for social distance ministry this summer. Thanks again for listening to the Ministry Leader Podcast. And as you plan your summer events, we know that things will not always go as planned. So next week, we'll be sharing with you five things that every ministry leader needs in their survival kit. The different (laughs) kids... You're still laughing. (laughs) But I'm not laughing into the mic. (laughs) Oh, so it's better. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. The different kids you want to (laughs) avoid... Why can't I say that? A vite? Oh, because a void is the next word on there, and that's in my head. <laughs> you just want to you say it. I'm done. Quit. <laughs>